Hello, you lot. Welcome to the latest Culture Trumpet episode, episode 7, which is awesome. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, We're having to do our own introduction this week as the voiceover people still aren't returning our calls for some reason. Yeah, odd odd that. I'm not not quite sure what's going on there. No, me neither. We might need to put another email complaining about the lack of emails. Yes, yes, indeed. Anyway, welcome to our very special festive episode. Which, small disclaimer, may or may not actually feature any festive content. Tis but a minor detail, Mark. Anyway, this week we are having a special episode with a change of format. Which is in no way based in any way whatsoever on Desert Island Discs. In no way at all. So, without further ado, welcome to the Pluto playlist, which may or may not be based on that popular BBC radio programme. Fantastic. Now, before we move on, uh, as much as we're having a bit of a format change for this episode, there's one essential feature that we we have to cover. So, Dan, have you seen Die Hard yet? You sat down? I am. Yes, I have. Now, are you are you teasing? Would I really lie to you? Yes, for 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 comedic effect. And because it's Christmas. Yes. Well, there's an ongoing debate that Die Hard is a, either a Christmas film or it is not a Christmas film. It, there's no debate. It's a Christmas film. And I can tell you that it is a Christmas film because I watched it uh, yesterday, mm. and. It literally opens with them whistling Christmas songs. Mm. And the quote, yes, uh, if this is there at Christmas, i got to stick around for New Year's. I've se- I t- I'm not lying. This is a Christmas miracle. I watched Die Hard yesterday on Disney+. Plus. I don't actually know whether to believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much attention I paid, but surely there's a question you could ask. This was inevitably going oh to happen that you wouldn't believe me. God, okay. Where was... What was Sergeant Al Powell doing when he got the report that there was a problem at Nakatomi Tower? He would have been buying Twinkies for his wife. <sighs> and they just tried to make my... Make my car into Swiss cheese. Okay, I think I believe you. I have seen Die Hard, everybody, and I'm sorry that that segment is now ruined. We'll have to find yeah, another cult that, film. You've ruined it now. What the hell? <laughs> um, did, did, did you like it? Do you know what? Mm. This is where I'll get crucified. Mm. I didn't. Well, let's move on. <laughs> um, we can dissect that another time. So. No, I'm just I'm just kind of holding back the rage, that's all. <laughs> so this episode, special one off, we're gonna do something a bit different. We're gonna skip all the news things and the quiz things. I can and, hear you biting through your tongue and through, the in- through gritted teeth there. I don't believe I gave you permission to speak. <laughs> and um we're gonna skip the kind of deep dive and we're gonna go for the Pluto playlist. I'm and- so sorry. <sighs> I, I, I just need to compose myself before, uh, I, before I say something I regret. I didn't enjoy it at all. I thought it was very we, dated. Shut your tramp mouth. <laughs> you shut your bitch mouth. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, this episode, a uh, bit of a format change. 
Uh, we're going to skip the quiz, skip the news, skip the updates, skip the deep dive. And we're going to focus on um, what we are calling in this wholly original format, uh, Pluto Playlist. Any similarity to the popular BBC radio show Desert Island Discs is completely coincidental. But what we're going to do is discuss five single tracks or albums that we would take to the planet Pluto, not to a desert island, and have on a playlist. And then we might have time for some honourable mentions and a few other uh, options as well. Now, we've not compared any notes on this, so Dan doesn't know what I've got. I don't know what, what Dan's got, so here we go. Before we do move on, just because you're bringing down the entire mood of the podcast, I think we should Mm. just address the elephant in the room Mm. that I didn't enjoy, Die Hard. Mm. And I think that may be just down to, I think it's a film of its time, it's gained cult Mm. status, but if you're brand new going into it, in the 80s I can imagine it being awesome. Uh I just, uh, yeah, um, wasn't a film for me, although Alan Rickman was incredible, as per. Uh Uh-huh. Why should I have enjoyed it so much? Ah. That's a question. It's not rhetorical. Mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> I'll think about that one. I can't believe this is the thing I don't get asked back for next week. <laughs> right. Let's carry on. We genuinely haven't compared notes about this at all. And no. over the last few months that I've, I've known Mark, and we've been talking, Mark kind of has an idea, I think, of what music I like. Mm-hmm. So some of this might become, but might come as a surprise, but... In my former internet life, let's put it, I used to run a website that um, reviewed music and I did a 10 albums that changed my life post like everybody does with one of those websites. That's where I got the idea from. Definitely not from BBC because I didn't listen to that show. No. And I think this is going to be quite an interesting bit purely because music is so personal. And again, the stories Mm. that may come out of why we've chosen that album might might be quite cool. Indeed, indeed, and I think as well. I think I think I've got a general gist that you you kind of go towards the more heavier side. In general, I think my kind of taste in stuff is is maybe a a bit more eclectic. Let's say. Yeah, that's fair. Certainly, when I've kind of when I've had conversations with other people in the past about what kind of music I like. There's been a few raised eyebrows in in response. Right. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> so, forward to this then. So let let's see where we end up with this one. So anyway, the main thing is the top five either individual tracks or albums that we would kind of have choose to have with us if there was nothing else we could listen to again. Yeah. Um, exactly. So that. so do you want to go first? Yeah. Sure. Um, so my first album is the Die Hard soundtrack. It's not, it isn't. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Now, come on, thin ice, boy, thin ice. (laughs) It's cracking around me. Right, okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) so my first album that I'd quite happily be stuck with um, is Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. Okay. It's their first album, uh, it was released in 1970, and to be frank, it's the album that changed and invented a style of music. And the reason why it's so special to me is it was the first... So I'm of a generation where I was generation uh, tape and then CD. So vinyl, I didn't know what vinyl was. And it was the first album that I remember seeing or discovering in my grandparents' loft when I was a kid. 
mm-hmm. and it happened to be my dad's. And I remember putting it on, no idea what it was. Mm. And I was probably maybe, I don't know, seven or eight or nine, quite young. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it was, but that kind of just loud noise. I'm a loud, I'm a loud person anyway, and anybody you know will say I'm a loud person. Just resonated with me. Mm. And then as you'll as we'll embellish as we go through this segment, it'll become clear of why I think I've stuck with that as my first album. Okay. And just I I I can't really put it into any more terms other than that was one of the first songs I listened the first album sorry I listened to as a kid where I thought, "Ooh, I like this." Yeah. Um yeah. You know, I'd listened to whatever music was on at the time. But it was one of the first albums that was just ah so this is what music is, right? You can like sure. this stuff. Sure. And then from then of course, you know, whenever that was in time, then dis- I discovered who Ozzy Osbourne was, mm. and then yeah, you can imagine then what that opened up to me as a a young kid. Yeah. And as I say, it was my dad's records. He was a big ACDC, Iron Maiden fan, and that just introduced me to that kind of rock scene. Okay. Um, I don't have any kind of rock stuff in my top five, but that I can understand. There's some there in the honourable mentions, and I'll kind of I'll, I'll cover that when we get to it. There's not many rock stroke metal bands that I like. To to be fair, um, it's just not generally speaking my kind of thing. I mean, there are some I actively can't stand. Now that's an interesting point. And I'll, and I'll interject it here before we go into what other things. Because I've not got anything super heavy in my list, right? Mm, mm. But, and that is my background, which we'll come on to. Yeah. But is it because of the lyrics and you can't understand it? No, no. It's just... It, do you know when just something just grates you the wrong way? It's That's cool. Like, That's cool. I, I cannot stand... Axel Rose's voice, for example, it, I, that's quite a unique no, uh, voice to pick on in the sure. first instance. But he's got that quite whiny. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, so that that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. right? There's something about their style that that just again just just rubs me the wrong way. That's interesting. Um, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing where yours goes then. Yeah, so so the, the, there's a few that I like, but but yeah, not not many to okay. be fair. To be fair, but that's cool. Okay, okay. So my first one is the soundtrack album, and it's by Max Richter, and it's the soundtrack to The Leftovers. Do you want to explain what The Leftovers is for our listeners who won't know what that is? That is the the HBO series that lasted three seasons about an event, let's let's call it, which is never fully explained, which is kind of one of the things I love about the show, where a proportion of the world's population disappears. And I think it's like a, a fairly small amount, 4 or 5%, something like that, without explanation. And as the name suggests, it's about the people that are left over, right? The, 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 the people who are left behind and how they cope with it. You know, this kind of sudden loss of children you know literally in the opening scene one one 
woman that her toddler disappears from the back of back seat of a car when her back's turned literally gone um the kind of uh, p- parents husbands wives all that kind of thing um and the kind of the unexplained nature of it people searching for an answer you know if some people of, of a religious persuasion think it you know it's the rapture that people have been yeah. called to heaven well one 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 priest kind of has a huge crisis of faith then because you know he's a priest he's he's done nothing but served god all his life why wasn't he rewarded it's not about the event as such and what the event was but it's the effect that it has on the people left behind. Yeah, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. And it's a very kind of melancholy, downbeat program. So in terms of the music, because I feel like you're, you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, the, the music kind of fits that melancholy tone. There's is it orchestral? Real, is it electronic? It's, it, it's a bit electronic and a bit orchestral. Uh, okay. But, it, but it, it's generally... I get the feeling it's kind of this guy on his own, maybe with a couple of extra musicians, right? It's not big and grand. It's very kind of downbeat, almost sad music, I guess. Okay, okay. But it matches the tone of the program. It's very melancholy score. It's one of those perfect matches of music to visuals, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I completely understand in, that. Yeah, and kind of capturing the mood of the program and uh, and so on. And it, it's it's not something you'd listen to necessarily if you wanted to cheer yourself up, but as as you know, something to have on the background or just some kind of mood music kind of thing. It re- just really effective. And how long? It, so, did you say that was a, a whole album or just a track? It, well, that's the the soundtrack as a whole. Okay, um, okay, because that's, so that's a good amount say, to listen to on the way to Pluto. Okay, that's that's a good. So that's our, our first um, sort of uh, instrumental piece added to the Pluto playlist. Yes, indeed. Um, I don't have any instrumentals on mine. Okay. Uh, mainly because I I took it more as a well, these are the things I'll only ever listen to, and yeah. orchestral's nice, but if I'm on the way to Pluto, I'm not relaxing, am I? Let's that's face true, it. That's true. <laughs> Any more to add on yours before we continue? No, that's it for me. I'm ready for, ready for your second one. Okay, so we're moving past, uh, I don't know which frigging planet is next, Mars. Moving past Probably, Mars. We're that far already. Yeah, man, it's, mate, Elon's got it nailed. <laughs> so I'm fast-forwarding slightly a bit now into my, my musical exploration. Um, mm. This was around the time where I had discovered Busted. Oh. So I'm, um, you know, again, pre-teen, uh, listening to all this sort of generated music on the radio mm. um, and, you know, really starting to follow what a band was, how that worked, getting excited for their new releases. Fun fact, when Busted released their second album, a Present for Everyone, I remember saying to my parents, oh, I don't think I'm going to get it just because it's going to have all their first songs on it with a few more. And the the concept of an album meant brand new songs was completely alien to me at that age. Yes. So it's not a busted album. Uh, you'd probably be pleased to know. <laughs> Relief. It's but probably the bad bird. I that's an honor, my first honourable mention is Busted by Busted, just because it was an album and a band that I that's the first band I sort of like idolised as a kid. Oh okay. You know they were this you know teeny punky 
anarchist, you know, and the image was anarchistic to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, hard to really put it into words. I, I I remember how it felt, but yeah, you probably I probably like, idolised them, whereas like people idolised Take That, The Beatles, and Spice Girls. Yeah. Mine was busted. Okay, but around that time. Uh, a little-known American band released an album called American Idiot. Oh, God. What? Go on. Did I did I sigh when you said, mine's orchestral? No, no, sorry. Oh, go on, tell me more. <laughs> so, my next one is Green Day, I'm an Idiot, released in mm. 2005. Okay. Now, this is where my music tasted, taste shifted from, you know, music put out for kids, essentially. Hmm. To music that was grown up, and I'm, you know, Green Day was still a bit teeny punky, kind of jobby. I think mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it was gro- it was grown up music, and it was around this time where I started to learn instruments for the first time. So I was already a drummer uh, by that point. I'd had drum lessons for a number of years, but it was it here where I went. I want to learn guitar. Okay, because that kind of that music there went. All that sounds fun, um, and I don't know. It's it's an album with a story. It's not just music. There's you know a common theme throughout the whole thing. If you've if you've ever listened to it, um, it's an anti uh, George Bush album. Okay, which is quite amusing because Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead singer and songwriter, came out the other year and said an album I wrote over ten years ago is relevant again now with Trump or something along those lines. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Trump being the American idiot, one assumes. Well, yes, yeah. But uh, it's an album that's gone on to be massive successful, uh, you know, with its Broadway show as well. But to me, that was where my ambitions as a young kid went. I want to start learning instruments and learning music. Okay, okay. I don't know. I got to. I, I played American Idiot at my wedding, which was pretty cool with my friend and a band. A weird one to play at a wedding, I guess. Um, but again, that opened me up to loads of Green Day. And they were one of my favourite bands. Star, one of my favourite bands. Seen them a number of times and they're just not as good as they used to be. But again, it's just mm. that kind of, that style of music has yeah. stuck with me for a very, very long time. Okay, okay. I don't know what else to say about it, really. Alright. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I, I suppose because like musical tastes are so individual if other people aren't into the same thing it's you can try and persuade them like i am sure that some of the ones i'm going to mention you're going to be like what the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious why you you hesitated when i announced it is it because it's green day and they're now considered a a manufactured you know company if you like they're a business now more than a band i mean here's here's the thing right are they i don't know i honestly don't know i'm I'm aware of who green day are but i've really very little context of them right okay you know i've I've heard the stuff i've heard some of the stuff they've done obviously american idiot was was one of the biggest um i think i think they have become that and that does frustrate me because the last few albums haven't been amazing Mm. and they were a DIY independent band, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. California at that time. And as they've got bigger, you know, they won't play a smaller venue than a stadium. Mm. You know, you're never going to see them in a, um, well, you'll never see them on a tour 
of grassroots venues anymore. No. Even though that's no. what got them big. But yeah, they are a bit copy-paste. They're, they're now a bit copy-paste with their music. Okay. Um, and I think they put albums out. They've had to put albums out to fulfil the contract, not because it's music they are overly passionate in. I, I see what you mean. I think one of my honourable mentions is a little bit like that in terms of their last two or three albums have been far from their finest work. Okay. Um, so I, I get what you mean there. I th- yeah, I think... Because, you know, we're talking stuff that was is maybe 15, 20 years old here. We kind of grew up on, essentially. Well, mine, mine are very much like that, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now, some of these musicians, they're in the late 50s, maybe 60s they're not going to be jumping around screaming their lungs out like they were before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with um, you on that. And so the style of music that they play kind of has to change with their physical abilities, I guess, to play it <laughs> sure. and perform it live and all that kind of thing. I mean, say that's um, the Rolling Stones like, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's like... It, it, it's... But then it's like this isn't the these aren't the songs I loved twenty years ago. Mm. You know what they do now, and I think there's there's a certainly for for some of mine, or, or I think in general, there's like when it's the stuff you grew up on. There's like this sweet spot period of maybe ten years where everything they did was just perfect. Sure. And then the stuff they've done since has just not lived up to that. Mm. Sure. All right. So my second one is a, a single song, uh, and that's "Stop" by Erasure. I mean, fantastic band. So congratulations. Brilliant. So I grew up in the eighties, synthy, poppy kind of stuff was was all the rage, you know. Mm. Um, and they were kind of mid to late eighties and nineties pioneers of that kind of music, and. To be fair, there's quite a few I could have chosen from because they've done some absolute belters. But but Stop is a song that hits the ground running and does not stop (laughs) 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 until it stops. And it's just fantastic. It's like, I think if if you want to show, if you want to, if someone says what what's Erasure's music like, you show them this. Hit them with that one. Okay. And that that answers all the questions. It's 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 kind of it, 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 it's kind of fairly fast paced it, it's some good lyrics the kind of the the Vince Clark on on the keyboards is is doing his thing just a joyous kind of slice of electronica now this and campus christmas sure i mean some of the best music is and yes. you can be the the hardest metal fan in the world, you know, you've got Slipknot tattoos and Slayer mm. is life, but yeah, everyone's gonna like that guilty pleasure of ABBA Mamma Mia on a night out. That's it, you it's know, that and, and, and that gets your foot tapping. But like, what, yeah. I, what what I was going to ask was the the albums that I'm talking about in my section, I I own mm. in one mm. way or another, and mm-hmm. you know, of recent years, most people have started collecting vinyl again, and I've yeah. I've I nicked my old man's vinyl years ago because he didn't have yeah. a player. Um, so yeah, I I still have his original Black Sabbath, um, which is cool. I was going to ask, do you 
have the songs that you're mentioning uh, on any physical media or yeah most of these I've got on CD um, not vinyl I've got a few vinyl but only a very few a handful um, so most of these I do have on CD I used to buy CDs a lot um, some of these I'll be honest are kind of I've only got through you know streaming Spotify that kind of thing but I'd, I'd say the majority I do have on CD or have bought in the past on CD my kind of collection space now is really given over to films more than music that's so... that's fair enough i mean vinyl i i collected cds years ago but vinyl mm. now with the age of streaming i've given up on cds yeah uh but vinyl they're a little bit more expensive but they're more collectible in my eyes because the artwork's bigger yeah. and yeah you absolutely. get variants of them so cds have gone by the by i'm afraid yeah yeah i mean ultimately uh, I mean, I, I have Spotify Premium, which lets you download the stuff as well as stream it. And while it's not difficult to rip a CD to MP3, for example, nothing beats the convenience of just looking up a song in Spotify and adding it to a playlist. <laughs> You're, not you You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know it's not the best way to get money to the artists. That's, that's a whole discussion for another time. But in terms of like you know at least it's not being at least i'm not pirating the music i'm paying for a subscription so yeah, at least, exactly you know, i'm contributing something right yeah and it's a legitimate way to get the music it might not be the best for the artist but it, i'm kind of my conscience is clear to a degree you know yeah um and as much as yeah i have a few i have cds uh, I do have a few vinyls and i've got a turntable and whatnot but when i can connect my phone to my amp and play the music directly from the phone through my sound system, I don't know whether I could be asked to get up and get a CD or a, or a record out and press... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, because, you know, gone are the days of making mixtapes and CDs. And, I, you know, I, yeah, I burnt yeah. MP3 CDs to play in my car, because, again, yep. Spotify and Bluetooth didn't exist. That's right, yeah. But I like... The tangibility of a vinyl, and to mm. me, it's more of it sounds really sounds really stupid. More of an event. You sit down, mm. you listen to mm. it more than just stick it on in the background, you know. And I've got some uh, amazing memories of just sitting with my mate, who uh, is a massive music fan like me, um, mm. and you know he'll bring up four or five vinyl. I'll bring four or five vinyl. We'll get down. We'll get a bunch of beer. We'll just sit and talk crap about the music we're listening to, you know. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that that to me that's a good night. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting one that because I feel the same way. See, I I I don't mind. I'll happily stream music and, and hook up my phone and whatnot and, and so on. But if it comes to film, I'd rather watch the physical copy of the film. Right. Okay. Cool. That's because interesting. Because again, it's that that tangible thing, right? Of it's going to be better picture quality, better sound quality on disc than it is streaming it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a thing of you know okay I can go on Disney Plus and within a few seconds I can start streaming any Marvel film, but I've still got all the Marvel films on disc because it's that physical object that is you know you always it's not gonna have. let you down is it Yeah exactly if the internet goes off I can still watch a film you know um, so no I, I the, the, you're right it's the tangible thing isn't it of having the actual item and to me 
you know, um, again, I'll, I'll come on to again why I'm choosing some of these things, but you know, I've got a slight background in music production. Like I studied mm-hmm. it at school and on some CDs, they are MP3 format. And if you know anything about MP3, it cuts out a lot of frequency. Yes. So for me now, buying a vinyl is going to be the best possible quality you could have in physical media when you play it back. Mm. Because digitally, yes, you can have lossless and Apple are pioneering that and it's bloody cool. But again, it's digital, it's not analog and there's this whole argument that you shouldn't be listening on digital or... uh, I don't get into it because I'm not that bigger fan and I don't particularly care that much about it yeah okay hmm <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the kind of vinyl versus CD thing is probably and again a conversation for another time well one wears one doesn't wear that well yeah much, doesn't it you know I, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree that vinyl is the best sounding option okay um, you know if you've got a new album that's been the end to end the workflow has been entirely digital and then uncom- press it something un- analog uncompressed digital and then it's it's recorded out to you know cd quality not mp3 compressed but like a, a standard proper cd quality audio yeah that's going to sound better than vinyl Okay. Which which could introduce the pops and the crackles and, and the that, wobbliness. And that is a fact. That is a you fact. Know. But having said that, some vinyl sounds a lot better than others. I uh, completely agree. And a lot of um, it is down to the plant and the equipment that's doing the pressing. Yeah. Where you are absolutely. in said pressing, the quality of the vinyl, it's it's obscene. Yeah. Um, yeah. For example, I had a, uh, I've got a copy of Rammstein's latest album, uh, mm. Untitled. And my friend bought it at exactly the same time, bought a brand new vinyl player, and it kept jumping. Yeah. And even in mine, it kept jumping. I've got a semi-decent vinyl setup, mm. and I took the seat to the album back, got it replaced, came back. And again, you look online then, and because of the way it's been mixed and pressed, it plays at 45 RPM. And right. because it's such a loudly mixed record, your needle needs to be pristine, otherwise it jumps. Right. Okay. So thankfully, okay. it was just a case of actually cleaning the damn thing, and it worked. Oh, so the, the album, twelve inch, played at forty five. Uh huh. Oh right. Okay. I know it's not normal for a full no. full length. Um, okay. Right. But it sounds immense. Mm. But mm. it's too good for its own good, if that makes sense. I see what you mean. No, I see what you mean. Okay. Uh, maybe that's that's an honourable mention because it's a bloody good record. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So, what's your number three then? My number three is, again, moving slightly forward in my musical journey. This was the first album that I got introduced to by this band, and it was one of those albums that was bought as a Christmas gift. I had no idea who they were, mm-hmm. and it was a case of family member went to Asda, when Asda used to sell CDs, oh, yeah. and said, uh, what are all the kids listen to these days? And he was handed this. And that would be Muses, Black Holes and Revelations. Okay, right, so right. So that, that's the record with Knights of Sidonia on it. Yes. Which yeah. I would quite happily listen to on repeat forever. Right. <laughs> and this is where my, Christ, I'll say it, obsession with guitar music came from now. Okay. And 
where Matt Bellamy became a guitar god in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point that I own a, a Manson guitar, and I wanted to ever since I saw their live show from Wembley on the Harp Tour. Okay. Where he's playing those guitars, and it's not a Matt Bellamy signature model because they cost thousands, but it's a mm. it's a Manson guitar, and he now owns Manson Guitar Works, which is pretty cool. All right, okay. But uh, this is where I started following Muse from, and again, a band that I've seen plenty of times. Have got all their albums on vinyl, and yeah, they've released some questionable things over the years. But I think for the most part, you know, the three lads from Devon that became the international rock stars. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, in, in what, 20, 20, 20 odd years? I don't know. I can't remember how long they've been a band, but, mm. you know, uh, it's just, it's hard to talk about because they're, they are my favourite band of all time. Okay. And I'm, every, without every album release, I get a bit more, uh, this isn't what I liked about them. Yeah. You know, well, that's going back to what I was saying earlier, isn't it? It's it's that, that sweet spot. Yeah. And we've kind of moved beyond that, haven't we? Ag- agreed. You know, they've they've mm. gone from, um, so you got Black Horse Revelations. You know, uh, Origin of Symmetry, Absolution. Yeah. You know, they're they're yeah. just fantastic albums. And for yeah. me, this is again where I my guitar ability was getting good, um, mm. and I've learned so many new songs. They're so fun to play. And that is where I really honed my skill as a guitarist. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with Muse is some of the politics got a bit fuddy, and I think okay. he's gone a bit up himself with some of the things he sings about and writes about. Right. But for me, it's okay. more about the riffs and yeah. the production of the record versus, you know, what they're really singing about, like Slipknot. One of their lyrics, I'm going to slit your throat with a wound. It's not great. No. But the music behind it is more powerful to me than the lyrics. Okay. So, Disaster Pieces by Slipknot, honourable mention. Mm. But it's not... You know, you can enjoy a song for the individual parts of it versus the whole thing, you know? Yes. You know, there may be a certain song which has trash lyrics... But the riff or the drums mm, or the bassist mm. or whatever you're into is phenomenal. Yes. And you can latch onto that. Now for me, Muse is is that. They've got some bits I don't like, I don't agree with at all. But yeah. the musicianship is key, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on Muse, to be honest. Um they I, I do enjoy them. They're great band. Um in terms of Knights of Sidonia, I I'm not a musician at all. Right. Never picked up an instrument since music class at school, right? And but Guitar Hero Three, yeah, 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 yeah. Knights of Sidonia, boss level on that. And again, I think the, the lyrics behind it for me are powerful. No one's going to take me alive. The time has come to make things right. You and I must fight for our rights. You and I must fight to survive. Quite a, we're not going to be beaten song, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, no, and no. It's, it's just a... that last that closing riff is just massive. And when you're stood in a stadium, bouncing around with your mates, cider mm. going everywhere, moshing mm. away to it, it's just ah. Oh, there was no yeah. better feeling at a show for me that. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. It's great band, great band, and, and a, a great album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my okay. number three, sir. What's yours? My number three is a, a single track and is "Babies" by Pulp. Good band. Another good band. 
love them love them so obviously kind of 90s was you know brit pop uh and the, the big thing was you know is it blur or oasis that you're a fan of and for me it was neither really um blur were okay but they felt a little bit too kind of oi oi kind of forced laddiness laddiness right like geezer kind yeah, of yeah. thing um and an oasis were like all right arcade mad for it and i'm just like they're, they're a bunch of dickheads they're a bunch of dickheads the songs that they both did that i enjoy right but of that era pulp as a band i just felt far better than both of them like jarvis cocker as a lyricist his songs really they tell stories do you know what i mean it's like a short story put to music a lot of his songs and babies is one of those okay where it kind of it's not one of their maybe not one of their most well-known ones it was one of their kind of not early early ones but but maybe slightly before they really took off with like Disco Two Thousand and Common People. I was gonna say that that's that's the um, pop that I would know because I'm not a f- I'm not a fan per se. I know sure. the singles, you know. Yeah, so I, th- I think Babies was was from their album before that, right? So just before they kind of took off. Um, but it's one of those ones, like I say, it just kind of tells a story, and it's very kind of rooted in growing up in a certain at a certain time in a certain place it's kind of very relatable in terms of like teenage awkwardness and friends and your mates and that kind in, of thing. in the north as well because they're in the north from yeah. Leeds, i think are they? She- sheffield uh close right sheffield. yeah 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 so whereas the others like blur and oasis were, were kind of putting on more of an <sighs> I don't know. The, an the, act to agree, a degree, an act, I'd say. Yeah, I, I guess I, I was going to say that. I thought, is that right? But yeah, well, it probably is. Probably, because they are also a band, you know, that they, they. I don't know about Pulp, but Oasis and Blur famously had feuds and public feuds. and Yeah. Yeah, it all got that a was bit all kind dick of swinging, didn't re- it? Manufactured by the record companies and by the press and all that kind of thing. Whereas Pulp just kind of plugged away in the background writing songs about things that I just felt were more kind of true to life. Like, you really feel that he was writing about his life and what he really knew about. There was no, there's no kind of, like, pretending to be anything that he wasn't in those songs, if you know what I mean. And there's certainly a lot more humour. You know, you look at something like Common People, like it, there's, a, there's, there's funny lines in that song. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Um, which you'd never accuse Oasis of having an excess of humour. No, no, not at all. Or, or, you know... They're about as funny as a colonoscopy. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, whereas whereas with Pulp and Jar- with Jarvis Cocker, you get the feeling he never took himself too seriously. That's not cool. that he thought, you know, not that he thought it was a laugh and it didn't take the work seriously, but there was never that sense of him being like up his own ass. You get the feeling that the songs are very kind of honest songs, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, and yeah, I would, I would choose that one as one. More the fact that you know, Disco Two Thousand and 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 Common People—they're the ones that everyone's heard of, right? The big hits. This is, as I say, one that's maybe not 
quite as well known. But again, if I, if someone was to ask what who a pulp, I'd go well, listen to this, listen to the lyrics, and kind of you'll you'll get it from that. I like that. I do like that one. That's a good entry. By the way, the the plan is that we're going to put our lists together and make a Spotify playlist for all yeah. of this. So you'll be able to kind of check out all of these things. But also as well, yourself. if you follow um, Culture Trumpet on any of the socials, hmm. I'm genuinely interested to see what other people listen to. I'm always oh, up for listening to new things or things I've never, you know, I can rediscover. Um, a lot of my things are very, this is where I was in my life. But I come from, you know, I did music A-level. I've played instruments since I was, I don't know, uh, uh, six or seven years old. And I still do to this day making Mm and play music. Mm. I'm very interested in anything musical. I'm always, as as you will see as we go on, certainly on the honourable mentions end of things, I am always open to listening to new stuff. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. If anyone has got any recommendations, drop them in replies, send us messages, and and definitely, you know, broaden our horizons. Absolutely. Cool. So moving Your on. Next one. Yeah. So uh, I'm going back a few decades again now, and this was the first album that I think I listened to, and I went, "This is a perfect album." Hmm. And that is 1980s ACDC Highway to Hell. Okay. And I say 1980, I might have been released in 1979, but 1980 was in my research looking earlier. <clears throat> okay. And how dare a band open an album as good as Highway to Hell with Highway to Hell? Like, <laughs> uh, how, how dare they be so bold? But, you know, you look through the track list. Highway to Hell, obviously. Yeah. Girls Got Rhythm, Walk All Over You, Touch Too Much, Beat Around the Bush, Shack Down in Flames, Got It Hot, If You Want Blood, You've Got It, Love Hungry Man and Night Prowler. I mean, ACDC have ump Dean albums. Mm. But to me, I think this was the first album I listened to that every single one was phenomenal. Okay. And again, I own an original pressing of it. It's, a, to me, valuable. <laughs> it's not really... But again, this is where I think the vinyl versus digital, for me, the vinyl takes the cake on this one because I just think it's so clear, even though it's pressed and it's not digital. Yeah. And I think maybe that's because of the music that it is. It is raw, unedited in brackets, mm. you know, under mm. inverted commas, commas, rock and roll. It's pure energy. And they are a band that have been around for donkey's years. And a lot of people will argue they put out the same music every time, the same album every time. Yeah. Well, that might be the case, but they are pioneers from the other side of the world that broke the entire world when they brought this style of music to the masses. Okay. There's probably some sense in there. No, no, I get that. I get that. Um, uh, Again, the, the one that I'm not kind of that, Obviously, I know who they are. I've heard them, and, and Highway to Hell is—I'm guessing—they're kind of most well-known track, right? So I'm, I'm kind of familiar with them to a degree. But again, they're not one I particularly listen to a lot. But I can certainly appreciate them more than I might like them. 
Okay, that's interesting. Because I mean? again, from when you grew up, I'm surprised that they weren't more on the radar at that they time. They were. They, well, they they well, were for in you general, specifically not on your radar. Maybe. Not on mine. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I, I kind of they were there in the background as like, oh, it's it's another one of those bands that I don't like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. But I can get their influence. I can get their kind of status and importance mm. within the 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 kind of history of that that genre, right? Yeah. So, so as I say, I appreciate them more than I like them. That's that's um, fair to say. But again, for yeah. me, it's more maybe it's less about them as a band and less about the music they've produced over the last forty odd years. Mm. And it's more about this is the first record that I remember listening to, going, "Oh my god, that's perfect." Um, sure. So that's that's why it's on there. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still an ACDC fan to this day. Um, yeah. They put uh, Power Up out a few years ago, which is more a few years ago, maybe last year, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, which is their newest album, and it's a tribute to Malcolm Young, who passed away a few years ago. Okay. Who was one of the founding members of the band, and yeah, yeah it's not a fantastic album by no doubt, but it's it's a tribute to him, and that's why it's good. Sure. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So my one honourable mention, when I was coming up with this particular album, I was torn between Highway to Hell and For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Mm. Again, just because that that's an album that's just bonkers, um, but to me that's my honourable mention for ACDC because I, I just couldn't tie it up. But Highway to Hell in my brain came first, and it was the first record I listened to that was perfect in my eyes. Okay, give me a four. Right, this one is uh, again. It's just another single song, and it's the song is called "Song to the Siren." Uh, now there have been a few versions of this one um, the latest version I've heard was used in um, Zack Snyder's Justice League in the sequence where the Flash rescues Iris West from the car crash yep I know the scene Yep, uh, and that song comes on and it's all ultra slow motion uh, so that song to the siren is used there but this particular version that's my favourite, is by Tim Buckley. Um, It's just, it's an incredible song and I just think his his version of it, his voice, it's it's just kind of um, dreamlike kind of quality to it. It's difficult to describe, but it's just one of those ones you you put on and just you kind of washed away with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I think your descriptions are far more poetic than mine. (laughs) Well, what can I say? Um, but no, it, it, it's just one of those ones again where you just you can get lost in it by the sound. Yeah, you're describing it, it, that's it. It's not even about the lyrics, right? Because half of the time you're not necessarily paying attention to the lyrics. It's the rhythm and the tone of the voice, and it's a very um, spare in terms of the instrumentation right I think it, it's him and a guitar and maybe just like a bit of electronic synth kind of thing in the background mm-hmm. and, and, and that's it so it's very bare bones um, and it's just yeah there's something about it that's yeah you, you get swept away with it um, and that's it really that's all I've got to say about that one that's good. That's good. I like that. I'm I'm looking forward to listening to the things that you've talked about because again, 
that uh, maybe I, maybe I misunderstood the brief, but more likely I think you misunderstood the brief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't put any singles in here, singles in here, but that might be my honourable mentions at the end. And um, we got well, some questions cool. again. This is going to go well over the hour, listeners. So I hope you're strapped in. <laughs> so my I last, do have, I do have some some albums as well in terms of the honourable mentions, um, but I think there's there's how can I put it? I think with with an album. I've got to be in a certain mood to listen to an album, right? I know where you're coming from. If I and... want to put on a whole, to, to, to sit back and listen to a whole album end to end, I need to be in a certain mood. If I just want a bit of musical accompaniment, maybe while I'm driving or doing a bit of work or whatever, I'll put on a playlist of, of different songs. Sure, sure. You know? Whereas I... an album is more of a kind of stick it on from the beginning, sit back, with a drink and enjoy close it. Close your eyes and just get into it, kind of thing. Because this is this is what happened in in recent recent last few weeks. In fact, Adele managed to get Spotify to remove the shuffle feature by default on an album. That's right. And that's I think right. yeah, that's absolutely right. They spend mm. you know they spend time building that record to sound a certain way, and when Spotify goes, do you know what you'd really like to listen to this jumbled up? No, it doesn't work, especially with albums like American Idiot. It's a story. That's right. That's um, right. And and you know they 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 take a long time to choose the opening track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the closing track, and there's a very good reason. <laughs> yeah. And, and and when you shuffle, you're kind of fucking up all that hard work. There's uh-huh. a flow. There's a certain flow to an album. And I used to listen to albums on shuffle, but I, in recent years I have really stopped and gone, hang on, no, no, no. Unless I'm listening to a singular track, I'll listen to this end to end because there's been a reason why it's been made this way. Yes, that's it, exactly. And and that, that those kind of you you see sometimes those behind the scenes footage where they're where they're doing an album in in the studio and and they'll be deciding the track order. Yeah. You know, they're not just stuck on there in, in any old order. They go, we're going to open strong with this one. Yeah. And we're going to close with this one, you know. And, and and it's, all right, you can take individual ones and, and listen to them individually. But if you're going to listen to an album, you're going to, you should listen to it in the order it was put together in. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we digressed. <laughs> As always. As always. <laughs> Well, on, my what's your, what's your next one? My last one again. I think this is slightly. I don't know if it's slightly on the nose, and I, I'll be honest. I don't really know why it's on here. I think for me, it's more of an album that I would quite happily just listen to. You know, if you were given five records, this is what you had to listen to for, for mm. no apparent reason. That I think it's a bloody good album, mm-hmm. and it's another album that. Well, I was torn here between a flash flood of color. And the Minesweep, both by Enter Shikari. Okay. Now, A Flash Flood of Colour was the album that introduced me to Enter Shikari. Mm-hmm. And it was from there that I saw them about three or four times in the same tour cycle because I just mm. fell in love with this band and what they stood for. And, you know, it was electronic drum and bass metal kind mm. of thing. Mm. But The Minesweep was the first album that I thought. That's the first album that I bought and pre-ordered and got really excited for by by them, and I bought the um, the big fancy vinyl book, which had mm-hmm. like all the fancy photos, the uh, production stuff in it, and how they made it and all that shit. But they're a band I still follow. Saw them the other week, in fact, they were amazing. But again, they're very anti-establishment. I like what they stand for musically. I think they're all brilliant, and they're really nice guys as well. I ha- I've met them once. 
at an album signing and they seem genuinely nice guys mm. um but again it's an it's an album that has got some really good like rage against the machine fuck you we won't do what you tell us kind of thing mm-hmm. and um the their blend between heavy metal and electronic music sits with me really well as a heavy metal guy that also grew up on the likes of pendulum drum and bass and stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that sort of marriage of those two genres sits well with shikari and me mm-hmm, maybe it's just yeah it's just a bloody good record and that came out in 2015 okay i, I discovered a flash flood of color whilst i was doing my music tech a level right and a friend said oh have you listened to these guys they're touring soon i was like no I no idea who they are and he, he said i listened to destabilize oh, okay and lots of wob wobs, as I as you you know <laughs> describe it. And then he said, "Oh, their albums just come out here. I'll lend it to you." Mm. And yeah, it, it was just another introduction to a band of oh, these are these sit well with me. Mm. Yeah, that's about it, really. I'm going to take okay. your lead on that one. They were just a bloody good album by a bloody yeah. good band. Yeah, that's uh, sometimes that's it. That's all you need. And a lot of people will say common dreads. No, sorry, Take to the Skies. Yeah, Take to the Skies and Common Dress, the first two records, are, are going to be their number ones. But for me, no, I didn't discover them around that time. Mm. I came quite late to the party. Glad I came to the party. But yeah. um, to me, it'll always be the, the album slash next album that you discovered by them that got you into it in the first place. Yes, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so my last one is an album. And it's Nick Cave, and the album is Murder Ballads. Okay. Right. And as the name suggests, it's basically a, a, an album full of songs about death, right, <laughs> of one form or another. <laughs> the 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 My track favorite. that most the the track that most people are probably aware of from it will be Where the Wild Roses Grow, which is the duet he did with Kylie Minogue. I mean that sounds familiar to me. I, I'm not. I'm not a Nick Cave fan, but I, I've sure. heard of that. So that that was a big hit. Probably more the fact it was Kylie Minogue than it was Nick Cave, and it was done at the kind of height of her fame, let's say. But each song on the album is told. It's either about a, a, a killer or, or from the perspective of a of a killer. And it, it's difficult to describe, really. It doesn't right. sound very enjoyable, but it is. An, a, a, and in the same way that, that Jarvis Cocker kind of is almost poetry and storytelling, this is the same way. Um, there's a song on there called O'Malley's Bar, uh, which is almost 15 minutes long. And it's basically describes a, a, a guy going into a, a bar, I guess kind of Old West kind of times, and it describes how he goes through the bar killing every single person in it. Bloody hell. Right? <laughs> Who they were, how they died. <laughs> right? But it's, it is poetry. I mean, the, the lyrics are so kind of visual, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, you, I, I know. It paints can, paints more of a picture than just absolutely words does. It, and noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's just as a whole album. It's a concept album, right? Yeah. It's all everyone is about death and murder and killing. But what a fucking concept! Okay. <laughs> what an album! Okay. 
Um, and and yeah, it, it's it's not f- jolly or funny. Doesn't sound it to be quite honest. No, mate. but it's but it's it paints. Yeah, his his lyrics are just there. Okay, and, and they, they paint a picture. So I'll I'll finish on an album. I like with, that, mate. With Nick I like Cave that. Murder ballads. Okay, so let's let's just recap our 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 five things, and then mm-hmm. they'll go into a playlist, and then we'll we'll just step through some of the other notes that we had again, yeah. more, more general musicy things. So yeah, my top five albums slash songs that I would happily be blasted to Pluto with are Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, yep. American Idiot by Green Day, yep. Black Holes and Revelations by Muse, yep. Highway to Hell by ACDC, and yep. The Mind Sweep by Enter Shikari. Okay, mine is. The Soundtrack to The Leftovers by Max Richter, Stop by Erasure, Babies by Pulp, Song to the Siren by Tim Buckley, and Murder Ballads by Nick Cave. Excellent. Now, I think you you got in a few honourable mentions as we went through. Do you have yeah. any more? I guess, you know, Year 3000 by Busted is a track, um, mm-hmm. just because, again, that was the first song I listened to. I was like, oh, I like these. Oh, these are brilliant. Mm. Um I, I love uh, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I think that's oh, yeah. such a lovely piece of music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I can't say I'm a big Louis Armstrong fan because it's just sort of that song. Sure. Um, in terms of other, like, I'll, I'll pick a soundtrack that I'd stick with, you know, on my way to Pluto, probably the Back to the Future soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah. it's my favourite trilogy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think because Alan Silvestri clearly did some amazing music on that, and yeah, just that, da, 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 you know what that is as soon as you say yes. it, as soon as you hear it. There are few, there are very few scores where just that one or two second snippet, and you know exactly what it is. Um, and yeah, that's that's one of those few. Yeah, I will go with. Uh, Metallica by Metallica. Finally, uh, one I can get behind. Eee. So that was the first kind of rock metal album that I heard that I thought, Do you know what, this is good. I like this one. I like this. Now, my understanding is it was the first one that was produced by Bob Rock. So I think there's more of a bit of a polish than the earlier albums had which I don't know how some fans of their earlier work reacted. They may or may not have liked the kind of bit of extra slickness, but personally, I love every song on that album. Load and Reload as well, I think are fantastic. Um, But again, they're ones where I think those three albums are, are all brilliant. But then I think again, as they've gone on, the the few that they've released since then they've kind of Saint Anger was an interesting one because that that came out. Don't mention Saint Anger. It's an interesting one because it came out as it was like a product of them going through that kind of split and and Jason Newstead leaving and all that yeah, yeah. kind of thing and the rehab stuff. And I think it's interesting in its let's say rawness, right? That's fair. Um, but it's interesting. But what I'll take rather from than, rather than good, sure. You know what I'll take from Metallica. Metallica is I again mm. for for listeners. That's also referred to as the Black Album. That's right. Yes. Yes. And again, 
how audacious must a band be to open with Enter Sandman of all songs. Mm. And again, mm-hmm. Mark, I have to absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you there. That is one of the best albums of all time. Yeah, it is a fantastic one. And, and, and Enter Sandman, Sad But True, The Unforgiven, Nothing yeah. Else Matters, Through the Never. I mean... Ugh. Just banger after banger. And, and this is from someone who... Until they heard, until I heard this album, was not a fan in any way of rock or metal. Fair, mate, fair. But it was like, oh, oh, this is good, you know. And then that kind of opened me a little bit more, maybe a bit more receptive, right? I'm still a bit fussy when it comes to the the genre, but I'm certainly after that. I was a little bit more receptive and open to listening to other things. Fair enough, mate. Um, 1991, that was. Yes, God bloody hell. Next up might be an unusual one, and it's not a particular song in particular, but it's more of an, an unexpected artist, right? And that's Matt Berry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, you may or may not know that as well as being one of the funniest fuckers on TV <laughs> uh, from, you know, the the IT crowd and, and what we do in the Shadows TV show and, and various other things... He's also a really good musician and singer, right? Right, okay. And he's had several albums out, and they're best described, I guess, as acid folk jazz. <laughs> right, I expect nothing less of Matt Berry Right. Then. But they're really fucking good. That's that's all I can say. I'll, I'll stick a couple on the playlist, and, and you can decide for yourselves. But, yeah, Matt Berry has some great albums okay, and, and some really catchy songs um, next up is I is a, is a bit of a wanker but I, I I like quite a bit of the stuff that Kanye West does okay uh, one of my favourites is that's your opinion he, yeah always a wanker don't get me wrong but separate the art from the artist right um, no Church in the Wild, which is one that he did with Jay-Z. Oh, sure, um, sure, yeah. That's yeah I love that one. That's probably one of my favourites of his. But, but yeah, I, I kind of like his stuff. Uh, Little Sims is a British artist. She's also acted in uh, Top Boy on Netflix. Um, she's had a few albums out um, and is just kind of becoming a bit more well-known now. Okay. Three songs of hers I would recommend is Venom, Offense, and Introvert. They're just fantastic, fantastic songs. Um, a, a couple of scores would be Elliot Goldenthal's score for Alien Three, right? Which which is just majestic, and Graham Revelle's score for The Crow. Okay, cool. Uh, so that had two soundtracks. There was a soundtrack of songs, and then there was the score. And this is the score. And, you know, that's a really kind of melancholy film. Obviously, with what happened to Brandon Lee, it's kind of just the whole atmosphere of the film is very sad and downbeat, and the score captures that perfectly. The Prodigy, Fat of the Land. Um, Again, we're just naming fantastic albums now, aren't we? I mean, yeah. Uh, I I told you I'd I'd got some albums on the list somewhere. (laughs) I'll say this is is the thing. My, My eclecticness doesn't come out in my top top five uh, I but see. i mean I yeah see. that kind of just thumping music to have a yeah. dance i say dance just rave to and and again they've done others they've had brilliant other tracks since 
but as an album, as a as a collection of of songs to listen to together, I think that's the best thing they've done. Just that's, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a song by an artist called I think I'm pronouncing this right is Laza Decella, who she she died a few years ago now, but she did this song called Anywhere on This Road, and it's kind of difficult to describe right it's kind of a slow moving kind of song it's got this it, the, the the background kind of music the backing track is almost kind of a got a, a north african middle eastern kind of vibe in terms of like the sounds and the instruments and the rhythms in it right um i first heard it years and years ago it was used on a cinema advert for Sky Sports, right, right, cricket, Ugh. and it was I know, but it was when Sky, yeah, they they got the cricket, and it was basically played as a backing track to this kind of ultra slow motion footage of of cricket. Isn't all cricket slow motion? Well, that's this is very true, um, but the song was like, oh, this is a cool song, right? And it's just a song that I've always loved. I've always loved it. And then the last thing. Is again, it's more of a genre than a specific album. Uh, it's UK Drill, right? Okay. Are, are you familiar with UK Drill? I, yes, because I've seen it written, but I can't say I've listened to it because it sounds appalling. It, it's it, it, it's kind of it's like heavy hip hop, gangster rap, kind of influenced, I guess. And and it's been quite controversial because because a lot of it is kind of become infamous because it's done by certain like gangs, especially in and around London, and it's it's okay. kind of used almost as um, them kind of showing off how violent they are and that kind of thing. So that there was a thing a few years ago where you know YouTube were taking down videos. Police were asking YouTube for taking them to take down videos. Oh wow! Okay. Because they were kind of um, promoting gang violence and gang culture and things like that. Right. But but I think in fairness, it's come through that now, and there are there are kind of artists and, and groups, I guess column groups, gangs, whatever, who are kind of actually through that side of things and again that is very kind of rooted in the culture and the their experiences right sure so, so it's very kind of although it's, it might be kind of bragging about how hard they are and and how tough they are there's there's definitely an element of kind of real experiences there uh, okay and again the lyrics when you listen to them, they are they're clever lyrics. They're very sometimes just out and out funny, but they're very kind of. It's not just about the bragging and and we're tough and all you pussies better watch out kind of thing. It is <laughs> sure. there is an actual again a, a poetry to it. Um, and I, I'll add a, a, a couple onto the playlist. That there, there is. <laughs> the, it's obviously, it's kind of it's a youth thing, right? And it, it's gangs and, and groups of kids or teens kind of putting this music together. But there's there's a couple of of UK drill artists called Pete and Baz, who are two white pensioners. 
<laughs> right. Who basically, um, Pete, I think it was, was listening to some like hip hop and garage music that his granddaughter was playing and quite liked it and got together with Baz, his mate, and said, we, we could do this, <laughs> right? And, and apparently the, the kind of grandkids and so on like help them write the lyrics in terms of keeping it relevant, but they do the singing. That is amazing. And, I want to hear that. They, they are brilliant. And at first the whole thing was like, is this a wind-up? Are they, are they taking the yeah, piss? Yeah. But they're actually... They're really good, right? <laughs> they they spit the rhymes. Do you know what spit I mean? bars, yeah. And and they've done, you know, they've done collaborations with with proper drill artists. That's pretty cool, man. Um, so they are kind of they're not taking the piss. They're they're kind of they're clearly having fun, right? Yeah. But they're not taking the piss. Um, okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That, that I think that that covers my honourable mentions. Nice. I think the one last one I'd throw in there, just because it always brings a smile to my face, is Mr. Mm. Blue Sky by Yellow. Uh, <laughs> and if, if you're a bit down, whack it on, and I guarantee yeah. you'll cheer up by the end of it. I'll go with that. I'll go um, with that. I mean, we've got plenty more musical things we could talk about, but I think that's good to leave for another episode, to be quite frank. Yeah, sure. Okay. But at the beginning of the episode, we didn't promise you any festive content. We didn't. But I think we should maybe, because this is going to go out around the festive holidays. Yes. I think maybe we should throw some festive content in here. So this is your festive content alert. Is there a a Christmas song that if you had to have it on repeat from now until the end of time, you'd be happy to listen to? There's maybe one or two. And I think mm. ours might be very, I think ours might be the same. I think you might be right based on previous discussions, but go yeah, on. and I think well, it's two choices. It's got to be either putting up your Christmas tree, proper Crimbo selector. <laughs> if you've never heard that, I'd forgotten about that one. But yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll go Just with that one. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. In terms of an actual Christmas song, which again, is this the piss take? No, this is legitimate. Yes, yes. Is "Don't Let the Bells End by the Darkness." Yeah. It's yeah. rocky. The lyrics in that are clever, and again, it yeah. took me years to realise it was a piss take on Bell End. Yeah, because uh, I'm innocent like that. <laughs> but it's just yeah, a lot of Christmas songs that you hear on the radio every year are just the same nonsense. Yeah. And Elton John and Ed Sheeran have done two this year, in fact. God, God yeah. And yeah. the whole battle for Christmas number one thing, I think, is outdated. It's mm. pointless. I just can't stand it. When Rage Against the Machine got it, I was livid. I, I say livid. I was elated because yeah. it broke the mold. And yeah. there is a band trying to do it this year to beat the masses. And I don't want to say the names because it's so offensive. Mm. But he's got a song out about Boris Johnson still being a See You Next Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, I like what they're doing in terms of you know these people shouldn't be getting to number one. But I think there's maybe a better way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, the, the darkness, the don't let the bells end, absolutely. I think it, it's, it is a, it is, it's a perfect, I mean, it's not new anymore, right? It's about 10 years old, I guess. Ah, something like but, that. But, but it's like, it's a perfect new old Christmas song. Yeah, I In agree. Has, there's a choir, is, there's bells. It is everything that those quote unquote classic 70s, 
Christmas songs have. Yeah. And it, it fits in perfectly. If you didn't know it was a new song, it would fit in seamlessly with any of those. It other is songs quite playlists. wizard, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. But it's funny, and obviously it, it's Justin Hawking, right? So, yes, it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, just brilliant. It's pitch perfect in terms of like it, its tone and its humour. And, and it, like as you say, it's not taking the piss. It's a serious effort at a Christmas song. And it's been very but, popular ever since. Yeah, but it knows it's... It's, it knows it's funny. It's not taking yeah, itself it, it, seriously. It knows it's parody, but also it's a deadly serious venture into the world of Christmas songs, and it and it made it. Yes, it certainly it absolutely did. One last quick question. Okay. okay. Uh, we've gone through all the stuff we love, right? Right. Is there an artist <laughs> that on our way to Pluto yep. we'd stop off first at the sun and launch this artist into the sun. Okay, so we're going backwards to go forwards. We're I going like backwards, this. we'll pull a U-turn, we'll go back to the sun, kick him out, pull a U-turn, and head off to Pluto. I, ha- I have a few, but to keep mm. this bit short, um, I'd quite happily boot Chris Martin, and, and maybe not all of Coldplay, but maybe just Chris Martin from mm. Coldplay mm-hmm. out. Um, I think it's Starbucks music. I don't think it's that revolutionary anymore. Okay. And the whole eco message they push, I, I agree with, but it, I think it was only the, that message of we're not going to tour until it's eco-friendly for us to do so only mm. lasted until they needed to put a new album out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could be completely wrong, that's my opinion, but you know, the whole we're going to create a stage that or a floor that our audience can dance on to keep the music going... I mean, they've got a lot of boring-ass songs. That stage is going to go dark when people stop dancing when Yellow or whatever comes on. Mm. Um, mm. But to me, for me, yeah, I, I would quite happily kick Chris Martin out. Yeah. I'd give him a suit so he doesn't burn up instantly, like, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. Go on, who, who would I you be? would... Uh, Bono. Just him or the other guys too? No, just him. He's a twat. <laughs> um, what's annoying <laughs> is there are, there are, there are quite a few... U2 songs that I do actually quite like. Oh, uh, yeah, me too, man. Me too. Right? Certainly from around the time of their kind of Zoo TV era, right? Right. Nine, 90s again kind of time. Um, uh, and they've they've done some good songs, right? But fuck me, Bono's insufferable. He <laughs> really fucking is. <laughs> and I think probably the biggest thing that puts me off about him is for for all his kind of thing about you know <sighs> taking part in charity stuff and raising money and blah 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 him and i think the rest of the band have all kind of done their best to avoid paying a decent chunk of tax you know they 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 were named or he was certainly named in the paradise papers oh dear i didn't know about uh, this as 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 investing the, the in the Panama in Papers, com- the Paradise Papers. Oh, right. from, there's uh, been a few of them. In, yeah, these were 2017. Right. Okay. The Paradise Papers. The, the Panama ones are more recent. Right. But he invested in a company that was based in Malta, which is famous for being low tax, right? Right. Um, and then which then um, owned a company, which in turn owned a company based in Lithuania, uh, and that company. Paid no tax in Lithuania, despite 
making profits. Then it was transferred to Guernsey. Again. <laughs> oh, geez, I can see what do, do you know doing. what I mean? Yeah. So he's, it's not that he's kind of breaking the law because all of these things are legal, right? Whether they should be or not is another question, but, but technically these things aren't breaking the law. But it's like... You know what you you're know, doing by you, that point. You've got to practice what you preach, right? Right. If you're doing charity stuff and, and kind of... Then fucking cough up a few quid yourself kind of thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean all all this stuff about poverty and all this you know if they'd have just fucking paid the tax in Ireland where they're based or where they're from the, their, the, the money they paid in tax could have fucking cured <laughs> poverty in, in fucking half a dozen countries do you know what I mean um, and he kind of said oh you know we've got some smart people working for us to be sensible about the way we're taxed yeah, so you, so you you're you're employing people to make sure you don't pay a lot. I I'm 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 with you on tax avoidance. So it's it's just yeah, it's just a twat. Okay, Cats I like that. I like that. Cool. I think that's it. I think it is. I mean, that's that's a long one. If you've stuck through it, I'm impressed. And I mean, that's what your mum said. Um, <sighs> Jesus Christ. That's that's my fault. Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got any songs that you'd be stuck with, uh, or you disagree with us, and shout, uh, I'd be interested yeah. to hear. Uh, keep that feedback coming, because there's been so much. We will get a, a playlist together that you can listen to and, and kind of see what you think. But yeah, definitely send us more suggestions, thoughts and feedback, as always. Yep. And... Um, have a good Christmas. Yeah, or any um, seasonal holiday you may be celebrating at this time yeah. of year. Yeah, wh- but whatever it might be. We're going to take a slight break now, um, yep. just so we can have, have time with our families and such, and we'll be back next year, I think. We will. We will. Back in January, and um, we'll see you then. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's lots to talk about. We, we've both seen Spider-Man, so that's going to be a yeah. hell of an episode. We might we might have to do a special on that one. Yes. I think we're going to have to, because it's going to yeah. be a belter. Absolutely. But yes, have a lovely holiday season, and yes, thanks for sticking around. Um, All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.